thank theologies for the clergy. I just believe in Jesus. Certain hermeneutics of eschatology demand an exegetical approach. I think you shouldn't question what you were taught in church. Isn't that blasphemy or something? Theology. Theology. Unplugged. Hello, friends. This is Michael Patton, and this is Theology Unplugged. I want to talk to you today a little bit about uh, the name of Jesus. That doesn't sound too original or fun, maybe, but hang with me. I think it'll be fun. You know, I want to tell you a little something that happened to me last night. I don't know why I'm telling you this. I just I just think it's funny, and I want people to know about it because it's funny. I even posted a picture of myself on Facebook uh, showing this because it's funny. People think I'm weird for thinking this is so funny, but it is funny. I got my first black eye. My first, never have I got, I got in a lot of fights whenever I was a kid. I just did. Different story. But I never got a black eye. I always kind of wanted one, you know, because it's kind of cool to have a black eye. Or at least that's the way that I thought back then. That's what guys think. It's cool to have scars and black eyes and all that kind of stuff. Well, I finally got one and I'm 49 years old. And this is how it happened. I was needing something for my son. I don't remember what it was. And he clocked me really hard. No, just kidding. I was needing something for my 19-year-old son who could clock me and beat me and give me a black eye. But I was needing something from him and he was upstairs. And so I go and and uh, get on the bottom of the stairs and yell at him. I didn't want to walk up the stairs. Too lazy. So I yell at him, Will. And he says, what? And he comes to the top of the stairs and he's sitting there talking to me and we're talking. And I'm just kind of laying there on my hands and knees and I'm not paying attention. I'm kind of looking the other way for a second. I don't know why I was looking the other way, but I was looking the other way for a second. And then he hits the wall, just barely hits the wall. And you got you to understand my wife. She, she, God bless her. She's just like a lot of, a lot of girls love beauty, but functionality is not her priority. Guys, just the opposite. Functionality is our priority. Priority beauty's not quite as important. That's why we need each other. But anyway, she, she hangs up all the pictures in the house and she'll put them on the smallest nail and it, there won't even be a hanger or anything. It'll just, as long as the very edge is on the nail and as long as it hangs, she's fine. So you can, you can see what a disaster this can be. We got a big old picture, family picture, of all our kids in the middle of the wall on the way up the stairs. And my son's talking to me, and he just takes his fist and hits the wall for some reason. You know, just kind of, I don't know, for drill. He hits the wall, and the picture falls, and I'm looking the other way. And he says, Dad, and I turned, and I looked, and wham, that picture hit me right in the eye. That is not, it's a funny story. It's not really a great story. I make stuff up whenever I'm out in public, you know, and trying to act cool. But I'll tell you guys the real deal. That's how it happened if you see me with a black eye. So that's what's happened in my world. There are at least a little snippet of it. But that's not what we're talking about here. Not black eyes, not guys and girls, that kind of stuff. We're talking about the name of Jesus. Now, the reason why I bring this up and the reason why this is important, I mean, it's 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 incredibly important, especially if you live in America and our culture. If you live in a in a Christian culture, if you live in a nominal Christian culture, and what I mean by that, nominal, nominal Christianity is simply Christianity that is in name only, nominal, in name only, meaning there's a lot of people who claim to be Christians, but in the end, 
whenever you get to the questions of Christianity, whenever you get to the key of Christianity, when you get to Jesus, when you get to Christ and their relationship with Christ, it's very different. Oh, I thought you just meant, you know, do I, do I generally believe in this stuff and I, I, I'm not really committed to it or, 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 you know, I just thought you meant, uh, do I, do I do good things and do I love my neighbor? You know, that kind of stuff. But, you know, everything comes down to the relationship with Jesus. Everything comes down to Christ. That's the most important thing. My kids go off to school whenever they're young. And they come back home and, you know, I'm talking to my girls. I talk a lot to my girls. Two girls, they're grown up now. But uh, two girls, while they were in school, and I, every time I tell them, listen, I don't care. You're going to start liking guys here pretty soon. And, and whenever you start liking them, Guys are rotten. You know, I, I, I have firsthand knowledge of how rotten they are. Um, and I was the worst of them all. So I, I've got knowledge on this. So be careful. And, and you got to ask them key questions. They say, okay, daddy, you know, shut up, shut up, shut up. Oh, I can do it, da, 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 da. So they get to school and, you know, after a while, you know, they get into their teenage years. And I, I, I got this guy that I like, daddy. And I'm like, oh, yeah, is he a Christian? That's the first thing I ask. I don't care about anything else, really. I just, you know, if they're Christians. Is he, well, I do care about other things, but that's a side point. But is, is he a Christian? Oh, yes, he, he is a Christian. How do you know? Because he said so. Well, of course he said so. Everybody says so. What did you, what did you ask him after that? Oh, nothing. He said he was a Christian. Have I taught you nothing? Smack, smack, black eye, boom. No, not really. But... That is, you get where I'm going with this. With with a culture that we live in, they 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 have they can have all the 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 preludes to Christianity, and all the things that kind of generally go there, and even asking saying the right things. Sometimes they might even you know be able to tell you some scripture verses and stuff like that. But it comes down to tell me about you and Jesus. You know, tell me about what you think of them. Tell me about why you love Jesus. And, and if there, if people, I know people can get, you know, uh, caught off guard, but let them get back on guard. And if they don't really have an answer, if it's not, if it's not something like this, because he loved me when I was unlovable, because he chose me when I was unchoosable because he died for me whenever I wouldn't die for him that kind of stuff man that gets me going like all right thumbs up go you know I'll call him for you let's if you want me to take you there now let's go somebody sent me a a video or an audio message the other day and the audio had now, I'm not saying anything by this, okay? you got to understand this. I'm not, I, I've always, I, I love this guy, and I've always wondered if he's a Christian. I don't know much about him, except for the, his movies, and I think he might be. So by this, I'm not saying he's not a Christian. But it was a, but it was a, it was a audio message that he gave to some school or something like that. And it was a great message, but the, you know, the message was, uh, the, or the, audio message of it uh, was, let me bring it up here, it says, why I chose Jesus, 
the faith of Denzel Washington, powerful motivation speech. And I jumped on that. I was like, well, he's talking about Jesus. I haven't heard him yet talk about Jesus. I've heard him talk about God. I've heard him talk about how important God is. And he, I've heard him talk about the basic principles of Christianity and doing right and everything else. But I haven't heard him say Jesus yet. So I, want, I, need you, I need that. I need Jesus. Because what, it, doesn't the Bible say this? I mean, isn't this the key message of the Bible? Isn't this what Acts chapter 4 verse 12 says where he says, By no other name, there is no other name under heaven by which we can be saved. Isn't this what, what it says in John chapter 14 where he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody gets to the Father but by me. Nobody gets to God but by me. Nobody can, can claim the love of God in their heart but by me. So you, you can say, go, talk about God all you want. But until you go through Jesus, you don't get to God. Period. There is no other way. So I listened to the speech. It was a great speech. It really was. And I love Denzel. And he's motivated. He even motivated me in the speech. I mean, I'm like, I'm getting going. I mean, I love this. Uh, and and it, was, it really was. It was powerful. But he only talked about God, and it, I mean, he may be—he may have Jesus in his heart, and maybe, maybe he just doesn't think the way that I do. You got to mention Jesus. Jesus is the center, and and he seems to—I mean, he seems to still be a Christian to me. You know, if you—if I were to bet on this, I would bet towards him being a Christian still, even though he didn't mention Jesus. I think the reason why he didn't mention Jesus, though, is a big problem. I think the reason why he didn't mention Jesus is the core of maybe why I'm doing this right now. I don't know. You probably know what I'm going to say. I mean, why why didn't why wouldn't he mention Jesus? Let's say he is a Christian and he didn't mention Jesus. He's at a big public crowd at a public university, a state university, and he's given them their speech. Why wouldn't he mention Jesus? Why would he mention God and not Jesus? Because that's okay. That's okay in our world. Why is it okay? Because we, we live in a hostile world, world to Christianity. We live in a hostile world to Jesus. We don't live in a hostile world to God in general. I mean, everybody has God out there. I mean, the American God without Jesus is just a different God that has been invented. It really is. I mean, you've got gods throughout all of time, and you come to America, and you say, what gods have y'all invented? I say, well, the, this one just called G-O-D, without Jesus. And it's a different God. And people are going to be disappointed because they follow a lot of the basic principles of Christianity, and they think it's covered. Well, he didn't mention Jesus. The reason why, I think, is because he was scared. I don't know. I think it probably was. I mean, listen, I'm going to go into this public university, and I'm going to. I, I want to. He probably even wanted to kind of evangelize them and get them closer to God. 
He probably did. But he was a little bit nervous and said, but if I say Jesus, man, I'll tell you, that crowd will just go silent. Because that's, that's what Jesus' name does. Jesus' name draws the line in the sand that moment. That's how powerful the name of Jesus is. It's our distinction. We believe in a Trinitarian God, all co-equal, all co-eternal, all fully God. But Jesus is the way to God. That's the way the, this Trinitarian council has determined it. And we can't change that. I don't want to change it. Jesus will always be the center. He will always be our way to heaven. He will always be our high priest. He will always be the one who's, who eternally represents us before God because he will be eternally a man. Jesus will be our center for all eternity. He will. Not that the Father won't, but Jesus will always have that special place of defining who we are. Of, of relating to who we are. So in our culture, we're scared. We've got this thing, we got this idol called God, G-O-D God, but we, we, you conflict, and whenever that meets Jesus, it's one or the other. You can't choose both. So in our culture, we've got to distinguish between them. I have a, I have a friend. I've had a few friends this way, but one in particular, he may even listen to this sometime, but I've got a friend who I talk to a lot about God. All my life, I've tried and tried and tried. I probably didn't do a real good job if I listened to the way I talked to him whenever I was, whenever I was young and trying to get him to come to know Christ. I probably would be disappointed in how I presented it. But I do remember many times talking to him about this and, and, and talking to him about, you know, believing in Christ. Um, he finally came around one time. He's like, you listen, Michael, I totally believe in God now. I was like, yes, that is so cool. And he's like, God is my buddy. God is my friend. And on and on he went about how close he is to God, and how he prays to him every night. And this just went on and on and on and on and on. And year after year, I did not hear him mention Jesus. It was always God. If I mentioned Jesus, he would be, oh, yeah, I'm passing or something like that. But, but that, that was, there was some, something that was telling me he, he grabbed a hold of the wrong God. There, there, maybe there's two of them named God. You know, I don't know. But you got to have the one that was named God with Jesus. God Jesus. I don't know. But he was there for so long. And I, I finally really quit kind of evangelizing him because I'm like, man, maybe he's, maybe he's a Christian. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what to do. I mean, I, you know, you can tell when somebody is a Christian better than you can tell when they're not. You see what I'm saying? When, I mean, you can tell when people are Christians. It's a lot easier because of the way they act, the way they, uh, the, the, what they say. Christians will, will say the right things so often, and, and, uh, they, or, or at least certain type of Christians will say the right things all, all the time and expressive about their faith, and you know, on and on they'll go. 
and this other group that where I can't tell them whether they are are these people that are different personality. Maybe they're maybe they're keep it to themselves. Maybe in their minds they've got things going on that I don't see quite so well outside. I don't want to judge them. I don't want to say they're not Christians. It's very hard for me to say somebody for sure is not a Christian. I almost never do that because I don't really know what's going on over there. But I can tell you for sure, almost for sure, whenever I think somebody is a Christian. So very different there. And so I didn't know, you know, I kind of put him in that category. I, I don't know, but I'm, I'm real hopeful because he talks about God a lot. But he talked about God for years. It was probably, let's see here, um, gosh, 20 years, maybe. 20 years he talked about God. 20 years he claimed to be there and that I had converted him. But it was only God, only God, only God, every time we talked. Uh, and then within the last year, we've been talking a whole lot and he, he tells me some stories about what's going on and he tells me his life just kind of fell apart. It's, it's really, you know, from all the way, way up top to all the way at the very bottom. And what does he do? He picks up the Bible and opens it to the book of Job, which doesn't mention Jesus, but he read through that book in no time. He called me and talked to me about every second. And then all of a sudden we're talking about things and, and we're, we're talking about everything. And, you know, you so there's something about understanding suffering. There's something about, you know, I mean, the book of Job, obviously, this is a couple of podcasts back, but the book of Job was obviously written first, or at least first chronologically, um, because God wants us to know about suffering real early in our Christian life. It's not something we talk about later on. It's something in the initial discipleship process. Because if you don't if you don't get the suffering thing down, you don't say, listen, you know, the Christian life is not, you know, you about getting what you want. It's not about you get a changed life and then all of a sudden, you know, he rains riches down on you and no problems down on you. It's quite the opposite. It really is because it will test you. If, if those who love Christ will be tested in the same way as Christ was. And that is that is Christian life. And he read that. Once he accepted that, all of a sudden, it opened up this whole new area. And he's reading the whole Bible. And he's like, what, what else should I read? And I said, read the Gospels, please. Read the Gospels. And so he said, all right. And he just goes through them and through them. And he's like, my God, I don't understand. I mean, this is the greatest thing in the world. And, you know, God is so evident in my life right now. And I don't understand what the difference is. And he said the other day, um, I, I just popped in my mind. I never asked God for forgiveness. See, he read, he read about Jesus. And then suddenly, everything changed. I mean, it's, it's Jesus. He knows Jesus. Jesus is in his life. I mean, Jesus saved him. And, and he, he understands, I think he understands that just recently, he was really, he, he really became a believer. I think he sees this. Maybe he didn't. Maybe maybe God just kind of had him in neutral mode for a while. I don't know. But I know that I can tell whenever somebody is a Christian by the way they talk about Jesus. What does Jesus mean to them? That's what I still talk to my kids about. It's what I still say to them whenever they have some story to tell about something, somebody great that's great into God. What does he think about Jesus? Well, what is who is Jesus to him? And this is the first thing that I would ask people whenever I had hired them for employment, whether it was at Stonebrook Community Church or 
through Credo courses or Credo House. Every time, this is what I do. Sit them across me. Because, you know, to work for us and work for the church, you got to know Jesus. You got to be a Christian. So what do I do? I sit them down across from me. And I say, first thing is I look them in the eyes. Why do you love Jesus? I've got a lot of different answers. I've said this to a lot of people. And some people come back, you know, just kind of, I don't know. You know, I never thought about that. It's a great question. I say, okay, good. I'm glad to help you to think about it. And maybe you'll think about it, you know, a little bit more. And maybe maybe down the road we can hire you. But uh, I don't want somebody who hasn't thought about that question. And then I get another one that's, uh, you know, just just because of how powerful he is, how great he is. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. He is he is great and he is powerful because he's part of the Trinity. Okay, that's great. That's pretty good. He is part of the Trinity. I can even define the Trinity for you. Okay, great. Define it for me. One God, three persons. Uh, persons are all eternally persons. Um, something like that, you know. Another eternal person. That was that was dumb. Why did I say that? Oh well. Uh, one God, three persons, uh, all of which are fully God, all of which are equal. There we go. That's a better one. So um, the, the the then somebody comes up and then we'll say, you know, uh, the, the, and I've said this before already, but they say because he is my everything. He's my all in all. That's better. I like that. Tell me why he's your all in all. Because, because he saved me. Oh, that's great. That's so much better. Because he loves me when I'm unlovable. All these things that I've said earlier. That's what I want to hear. Jesus is the center of our faith. He is what the entire Bible points to. Forward, from behind. And he is what the entire New Testament points back to. It's all about him. It's all, Jesus is the center of our theology. And whenever you, whenever you are, are able to, to define your theology, define what you believe, and try to prioritize it, Jesus better always be in the center. He's the most important. Your belief about who he is, who he is and what he did for you. Who he is and what he did for you. That is the center of this priority. So how much is Jesus' priority in your theology? He's the very center. You got other things on the outside. What else What else is there in theology? We got the Trinity. Is the Trinity as important as Jesus? Knowing the Trinity and defining it? No, it's not. That comes, you know, second step. It's second most important. What about the inspiration of the Bible? Is that, since, since we don't know what Jesus, except through the Bible, isn't that as important what you think of the Bible? No, it's not. Because we didn't need a Bible to have Christianity and have Jesus. We needed the historical event of him coming and dying for us and rising from the grave. That's what we needed, and we got it. Nobody had to write about it. So the Bible is awesome, second tier, inspiration of the Bible. Well, what about uh, being able to define, you know, something like um, the end times and when he's coming? And, and no, that's, that's much less important than all of them. 
you know, you got this little circle, if you can take it, if you can draw it. you got the center of your circle. You've got what Jesus did for you and how you come to Jesus. And then you got the second one. That is all these other things that we know and love about, about um, all that distinguishes our, our truth, about uh, the Trinity and the, the hypostatic union, about Jesus being fully God and fully man, and so on. Um, although that could actually be in the center, depending on how you're, how you're looking at it. But then it just goes out now. I, I usually say the center is essential for salvation, what you need to believe in order to be saved which is trusting in Jesus and believing that he died for your sins and rose from the grave and that he is the son of God. See, that's kind of how I put it in the center. He is the son of God. That's the best you do at the very beginning. I think that's why maybe hypostatic union is second tier where we believe that Jesus is fully God, fully man, and the divine, the Trinity, and, and so on. That's second tier. That's what, that's what you, the second tier is. You got the first tier, uh, what you must believe to be saved. The second, the second tier um, is what you must believe to be orthodox, to be, to be uh, no, to believe right teaching. Then the third tier would be uh, what you have to believe uh, for um, traditional orthodoxy. You know what Protestants believe. What 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 defines you as a Protestant? What defines somebody as a Catholic? And what defines somebody as an Eastern Orthodox? And so on. And then the the next tier would be a denominational um, uh, importance. What's, what's important about being a Baptist and, and what's important about being a Presbyterian? You see, sometimes people people put these all these other things. What's important about being Baptist? Well, it's, it is uh, being having a uh, you know independent government uh, or independent congregation that is not uh, ruled over by any other government, um, an autonomous church, individual church, and you have to believe in baptism, uh, dunking, believers' baptism and dunking. So those things... Some people will take that, they've been a Baptist so long, and they will put that as important, they make it essential for salvation, put it as important as the name of Jesus. That's that's discouraging. Whenever I hear that, whenever I see that kind of stuff, that's, that's so incredibly hard. Because they talk about those things more than they talk about Jesus. Then you got, you know, different things as it goes on out. What's important but not essential. You might put... Uh, the your view of the end times, you know, your view of the rapture. And, you know, some people, like I said, do the same thing. They say, if you don't believe in a pre-tribulationalist rapture, that is, where Jesus is coming, and he comes and grabs the church, takes them to heaven for seven years, deals with Israel for those seven years, comes back down with the church, has a thousand-year millennium, and then we have the new heavens, the new earth after judgment. Um, that, that's what people believe uh, there, you know, and it's actually my particular view, but uh, uh, we can talk about that some other time. But some people I have seen in my camp, you know, to put the rapture as important as the name of Jesus. Nothing is as important as the name of Jesus. Nothing is as important as your relationship with him. He is your all in all. He is everything to you. All these other things come as a result of him. All these other things come after him. He just wants you. He just wants he just wants to sit down with you. He doesn't want you to sit down with the rapture all the time. He doesn't want you to sit around with um, uh, you know a, a, a Presbyterian form of government or or who Mary is or all these millions of other things we fight over. 
Or did God create the earth in seven days? Or did he use many, many thousands or millions of billions of years? Did, evolu did he use evolution or identity? We put those sometimes as priorities and say, I want to talk about this all the time. I want to talk about evolution all the time and why it's wrong. Or I want to talk about evolution and why it's right and how God used evolution. And, and you do it so much. And I love people that deal in these things. And obviously, those people who are more scholarly in these areas are going to spend more time in these. But don't let it replace the center of your theology, the reason why you do it, Jesus. Don't let yourself be found out there talking to people, out on the streets, and you talk about evolution so much that you forget Jesus. You talk about why evolution is wrong so much, you forget ever to mention Jesus. You get outside in your car, the parking lot, and you're pulling away, and you say, oh, man, I did a good job. Oh, wait a minute. Dang, I forgot to mention Jesus. <laughs> we do that. That's sometimes what we do. I've done it. That's the reason why I say it. I know we do it because I've done it. I used to talk to people about these things. I used to fight with people about evolution. I used to, I used to go out and drink 30 beers and at the bars and fight with people about evolution. Why did I do that? I mean, why did I do both of those? But why did I do that? Go away and if I convinced somebody that evolution wasn't true, then I made them a Christian. No, I haven't. I haven't done anything of the sort. So, <laughs> as you can see, what are we talking about? Jesus. And it's like the old joke. I don't remember the joke. I want to tell you the joke. You've probably heard it. But it goes something about, you know, uh, um, there's this... There's a squirrel, and he's up in the, you tell the story, there's a squirrel, and he's, well, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to tell it. It's just funny, because you go through the whole thing, and at the end, the guy that's supposed to answer something that's really evident about something else, uh, he just says, well, since I'm in a church, I guess my answer will be Jesus. <laughs> it had nothing to do with the story. Um, <laughs> that's not what I'm talking about here. I don't know why I said that at the end. Probably got you guys confused. But anyway, it's great to talk to you all again. Uh, we'll, we'll be back soon. And um, listen, go to the site, credocourses.com. Buy some stuff that supports our ministry. It does. It supports me. And uh, keep on checking on our, our uh, feeds and our, our blogs and everything else because uh, hopefully we're on a comeback trail. Theology 